everybody. Welcome to Into the Wormhole. I'm Larissa Maestro, and I'm here with my number one. Lauren Lowen, here as always. Woohoo! And this week is extra special because this is the first time we have had a da -da 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 special guest. <laughs> everybody, welcome. My dear friend, Joshua Dent. Hello. It's me. <laughs> Hi, it's Josh. Hello. Josh, it's I liked Josh. how oh, you hi. raised your arms in celebration, <laughs> but no one's going to see you. But I feel like we should mention that happened. Yeah, there's a B-roll of, uh, <laughs> of just videos of me reacting to the conversation. <laughs> I'll make just shit tons of memes of josh's face reacting to the shit we're going to talk about today which is hybrid representation or mixed race representation in star trek so i wrote a thing for women at warp which is a roddenberry star trek podcast it's a feminist star trek podcast that i listen to regularly i love them and it was titled Star Trek's Tragic Hybrids. <laughs> and in it, <laughs> in it, I basically said that most of the characters of mixed backgrounds that are portrayed on Star Trek are tragic mulatto literary tropes <laughs> and sort of dived into that. But I didn't go like, as deep as I could have. And that is one of the reasons why Lauren and I decided to invite Josh on the show. They are a huge fan of sci-fi and Star Trek. They're also mixed race like me, also a cellist like me. So basically this is the only Star Trek podcast in existence. I would guess that has two <laughs> cellists of mixed race talking about Mixed race representation on track. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. got to count for something. Yeah. Right. We're special, you guys. This is gonna be funny. Someone's gonna like comment on this and actually be like, "Actually, here's a here's an entire Star Trek podcast about uh, mixed race things, and it's an entire cello choir." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If that exists and I don't know about it, and you don't know about it, does it even exist? I I would. <laughs> venture to say probably not <laughs> so josh would you tell us maybe a little bit about your relationship to the star trek fandom um you know growing up like a lot of like you know 80s 90s kids you know uh, next generation was just a thing that was on a lot and i kind of grew to appreciate star trek in general a bit more in uh, like college-ish age when a lot of like the overarching themes it was like, oh, oh, that's yeah. why this is deep. Okay. Also, it's you know, I, I I'm I'm always gonna like stand for like John Luke Picard because like oh, I mean, it's, yeah. So like, I love the show, but it, many of the different television series are very camp full. But there's just something about Patrick Stewart's acting that you're like, damn, okay, that's cool. You are just I fucking believe you. <laughs> Yeah, like, I believe the things that you are, in fact, saying. Um, yes, and I believe that you believe them. Yeah, and then, you know, I've probably watched the entirety of The Next Generation, like, more than I watched the aggregate of everything else. 
like <laughs> just because I mean one there's just a lot but it just really like I, I relate to it a little bit more and part it's probably partially nostalgia um and you know I don't know so that's that's me in Star Trek kind of <laughs> I have a question I hope I may I'm have not... an answer <laughs> I, I feel like this is like some dating show like bachelor number three question so Ooh. i think yeah right do you like star trek um larissa i think mentioned that she made it sound like your main jam was deep space nine um i mean i do have a, like deep space nine is pretty good i i would say tng way more than ds9 I feel like we were having a very specific conversation about something related to Star yeah. Trek, and you were like, DS9 is the thing for that. Yeah, uh... I mean, I, I will, as much as I love TNG, I do think DS9 is better. That's <laughs> what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> but uh, it turns out something that I've like judged as being better doesn't mean it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird that. Subjectivity and all that <laughs> nonsense. You know, like... <laughs> nostalgia connections to your childhood memories blah yeah. blah 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 blah. and i mean we're, we're definitely gonna go into talking about how ds9 handles mixed race representation as opposed to how tng handles it how, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how voyager handles it you know sure so i mean there's a lot there i mean there's so much material and there's a lot to, t- <laughs> to talk about um and surprisingly I mean, quite a few characters to cover. So in the blog post that I wrote for Women at Warp, I highlighted my top five tragic hybrids. <laughs> and they were, in no particular order, really, Spock, Bolana Torres, mm-hmm. Simon Tarsus, Kalar, and Torreziel. Those mm. were the ones that I felt like I had the most to say about and that fit the most into the tragic mulatto trope for sure um but there are others i mean there aren't a lot of others (laughs) but but there are a few more there are i mean obviously there's deanna troy there is um what's her face uh baby naomi wildman (laughs) who like i mean we never hear anything about her and uh sila and bayel and like that's pretty much all of them i feel like like that's that's like just a handful or like two handful of characters the bayel one's weird Uh, i actually really want to talk about like that episode and um yes um uh birthright and uh unification um yes uh oh you want to talk about sila and bayel mm, here we go mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got, I got some feelings. <laughs> Revisiting Birthright for me was a, just a fucking trip because I haven't, I haven't seen that episode in ages, probably for good reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a not great for so many. <laughs> I have so many feelings about primarily the second part of it because the first part's more like I think isn't that more like data driven and like that whole like yeah that plot line of having dreams as a like the, <laughs> dreams as an android so that episode i think just targets like so many of the things that i have problems with with any racial representation on star trek in a lot of ways um because it's it's like it's just wrong on like every level <laughs> um, yeah uh like 
I don't know. I've always had problems with like the representation of Klingons as a whole because it's very clearly like an allegory for like the black warrior race and like that in of itself is a whole episode. But then it goes into like like kind of like the the mixed the mixed land of things with like fucking talking about uh am I allowed, am I allowed to curse on here? Is this a family show? Uh, absolutely. Okay. We 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 Great. curse regularly. Yes, Great. That, that happens quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Great, because um, it's gonna happen. <laughs> Especially when we have problems with stuff. I think like the final Picard review, we were just like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we really were. <laughs> um, anywho, so there's that mixed bag. There's the weird way that like Worf addresses like figuring out that so many of the kids are you know Romulan, like Romulan. Cleon like hybrid fun times um and his reaction to it is abhorrent but like slight, so upsetting like slightly more understanding only because he's basically being held captive by this like Romulan thing and all of like the history of that being like a colonialist like thing I kind of understand yes. it but it's still not great and then like the like, because it touches on, like, some, like, really interesting things, like, with, like, you know, having, like, the, like, all of, like, the, like, all of the, like, the kids, they're, they're basically, they're, like, history erased and everything. Like, I think that's an important yes. thing to talk about, because that is a problem that, like, mixed people that we deal with on so many levels in so many different ways. And, like, that, Yes, absolutely. So, like, while I'm a little bit annoyed at the, like, well, we're going to go hunting, <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Like, that, like that's the culture. But also thing we're do sharing. Tai Chi. We're also gonna do some Tai Chi though. Right, because you know Tai Chi. But it's also hunting. gonna be Tai Chi for hunting, Tai Chi for fighting. Yes, and right. and sm- and smelling for hunting also. Don't forget that. <laughs> oh God, the smelling. Um, I like can get behind that, but then I have like all those mixed feelings about like the way that they just present Klingons as this like uniformed. Everyone's like this. This is this is all we are. We are our warriors, and that's that's it. It's like y'all. Can we get past that? So my most petty complaint though is that fucking south scene, <laughs> Worf like stealthing oh. into the camp for the first time. It's just bad. oh my god. That's that's oh not like god. a critique on anything. It's just bad film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing to talk about though. The uh, and I do want to. I do want to touch on Bael a little bit because, first of all, I think she's kind of hot. Uh, yeah, beautiful. but like, how old um, is she? And right, I did not like. There that. are a lot of there are a lot of issues in there, <laughs> in like in this Bael Pandora's box. Yeah, that we we can open up like the the whole reaction to finding her ears and like when he, like when he says I never thought that I could love a Romulan like that that shit was like. Oh my fucking god, Worf! Shut the fuck up right now! Just shut up! Just stop talking! Just stop talking! All mm-hmm. of all of that is like, mm-hmm. ugh. Um, but but like, I think it's. I'm interested in talking to both of you about this idea of alien cultures being monocultures mm-hmm. and what that means uh, about where those things are coming from in our society and how they get to the screen this way. Because really you can say the same thing about almost every alien culture that Mm -hmm. has been built, written into any kind of science fiction world building 
in the history of science fiction in the in forever yeah. you know what i mean like there's no with the exception of and lauren and i talked about this when we talked about picard that um in in picard they're actually trying to give these alien cultures some nuance and they're mm-hmm. giving them different hairstyles and they're not all wearing the same fucking shirt <laughs> and they're all <laughs> you know and they they have different yeah. personalities and they're not the like being aggressive isn't in particular a personality of a, a, an entire species it is like you know maybe a part of a culture maybe there's mm-hmm. there are things that are sort of different but like they're trying to expand on on that idea but like in star trek right at this time i can't remember what year this episode came out it's like what season six or something so it's in yeah. the 90s this is the 90s now yeah. like klingons and romulans are still just monoliths mm-hmm. you know and 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 that like really affects the way that they write a mixed race character yeah. yeah 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 i have i have a few thoughts uh actually just one but i think one of the <laughs> issues because we kind of touched upon this too and it 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 kind of starts off in left field but it wraps back around is you know what's really interesting is larissa you and i not even on the podcast but just when we were goofing around one time before after we're talking about how with D Space Nine, because there was a longer story arc, you actually started to get like villain villains, like uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Kai Win and Dukat, obviously. So you started to get characters, and before that, yeah. in TNG, the the usually the bad guys was some sort of abstract concept, right? Like prejudice mm-hmm. yeah. or hate or sexism or something like that. And because of that, for the most part, it was okay, mankind has figured their shit out and we need these other aliens to just be very, very simplified into these, like you're saying, like a monoculture, like Romulans are sneaky, Klingons are aggressive. And unfortunately, (laughs) that causes a whole nother bag of problems. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think like there were hints where they were trying to address it or give some nuances but like you said it didn't always come off successfully mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly um like like i think that Bayel in particular like they tried hard with her mm-hmm. uh like she's like she's the one that's calling out wharf like she's yeah. she's actually legit being like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah. like why do you have this problem with me yeah. i'm a person like mm-hmm. you're in love with me and i know you are also why they barely know each other again <laughs> problems with writing (laughs) anyway we have 45 (laughs) also she is yeah we have 45 minutes we got to get in we got to get out again but like she's she's coming at him people don't challenge Worf you know what I mean like people don't challenge him because he is a big Klingon that is also very stubborn and very traditional traditionally minded and also has some authority things with the starfleet thing that's oh yeah yeah (laughs) the only person that can that can shut him down is picard man Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like but she but they it does seem like they were trying to do a thing but it also really feels like the person writing this character does not understand what it what it means to be mixed race and doesn't have that perspective they're just imagining what it would feel like um, and there are a few moments where it's like, oh, okay. But for the most part, it's like, oh God, oh God, you guys just missing the mark, like left and right. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. 
Uh, do you guys feel like I've had thoughts about this too? Because so many of those mixed Klingon characters are female, and I realize yeah, I realize Worf is a hundred percent Klingon, but still mm-hmm. he was adopted by human parents at a relatively young age. We've had instances in Star Trek where uh, a, char- a a young character, I think in a lot of cases it's always a young male, is adopted or taken by another alien species you know like we have Cardassians in Mm -hmm. Deep Space Nine we have Suddenly Human in TNG and Mm -hmm. you know just the effect of nature versus nurture you have so many instances where that new environment affects them I watching some of these episodes I've always been a little surprised that Worf wasn't a little bit more uh, like flexible in his perspective culturally because he was raised culturally human I, I mean, I've thought about this, too, that, like, maybe that's the reason for him. And I feel I feel like there's an episode where, like, his parents come to visit and his mom is talking about, like, how he only wanted to eat Klingon food when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And she was like, OK, I will make you Klingon food all the time. Like, that's what you want. And honoring his culture, which is lovely. I actually think that that, like, the way his parent his adoptive parents are written is is pretty cool. Yeah. But also, that's coming from a person who's not adopted. So I don't. I don't know exactly, but um, it's it's interesting to to think about that. I think I feel like the writers were like he's he's like going really far in this direction and really like grabbing on to Klingon culture with both hands because he was not raised on the home world. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I mean, it does that does it work? <laughs> I don't think it does. Is the question. I don't think it does. And I think one of the the biggest flaws for Warp in TNG is even though he has that backstory, at the end of the day, like with himself, like his struggles are upholding that monolithic stereotype of what his species is. And it's, it's so close. It's so close to being like an interesting thing, but because Klingons are presented as this like one note race, Mm -hmm. like, he only has the one note yeah. to work from and it like makes it ring a whole lot more hollow when he's, you know, going through those, like those things. Cause I think about like a lot of like, like his relationship with Alexander. Yes. Um, oh God. Because oh, let's talk about it. Cause that is booked. <laughs> yes. And it's I, like the opposite of the Cisco's. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like total absentee father mm-hmm. like criticizing him all the time i actually have written down here because i have i have notes on alexander mm. that like i wonder if Worf would have treated him this like and this is like me thinking about <laughs> star if star trek was real and all of this was real <laughs> right would Worf, as a person treat him this way if he was not part human yeah because he's all he he also has a lot of fights with kalar about like her not truly accepting their culture and she's like but i'm half human though Mm -hmm. and like i don't have to and he's like we just had sex so we have to get married right now like duh you know like (laughs) (laughs) when i look at Worf, i see like this person who like carries so much prejudice in their character. Yeah. Like he's, he's always the first person to be sexist. 
And he's like always the first person to be racist, honestly. <laughs> I'm just like remembering yeah. him saying some shit during a poker game. And it was like, and and Beverly called him out and was like, excuse me? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the, this shit with the Romulans, how he's like, he just hates all Romulans. Just blanket hatred for yeah. all Romulans. And you know, and it's and it's uh, so, and it, like it's it's so complicated because I think you know it's God, Worf, 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 buddy. I know, um, oh, Worf. Like here we are, like we're like we're talking about mixed race characters. Yeah, and we, we go to talk well, about Worf I mean, the entire well, I mean, time, I but it's, it's it is important. Well, it's it's I think he's an interesting example of like something that does happen in the real world is like you know somebody of a certain race who's adopted by white people. And then going through the motions of trying to figure out who they are. Like, I think that that struggle is, yeah. while not the same, is not unrelated to the mixed struggle in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, and, and I also, like, Warp is just such a good jumping off point because of his son and his, mm -hmm. like, and, and, like, and the son's mother. Like, like, yeah. it's just, like, yo, buddy, like, you are throwing all of this toxicity at, like, everybody all the time. You need a therapist. <laughs> hey, I know one. Oh my god! Uh, if it, I know one, right? Hey, we know a therapist who's actually mixed race, yeah. and you might end up dating her later, but ne then nothing happens. Oh, yeah, right, and then bad. nothing happens. <laughs> well, it's so funny you mentioned a counselor because another segue. I think you go into to Troy, where we have a Google Doc, and I added a note where it almost feels like um, going back to war for a second. Really, the I think the writers were like, wouldn't it be cool to have a Klingon in Starfleet? How do we get to that conclusion? Oh, mm -hmm. I know. Uh, he'll be uh, adopted by human parents. And boom, that's how we get him in. And then it kind of just <laughs> yeah. stays that way. And then yeah. with Troy, yes. it's kind of the same thing where I feel like her being a hybrid was more of a, for the sake of the story and not so much part of her character, where it was... Okay, we can't. We that's can't. How, yeah, that, that's yeah. How we, we can't have yeah. her be full Betazoid because if you have a character who can always just read minds, well, these you know these problems are going to be solved very quickly. <laughs> so it's like, well, if she's yeah. already half Betazoid, then we just have somebody who can kind of like see parts of the puzzle, but you know, isn't just going to be like, oh, this is what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Episode over. Yeah, yeah. So it felt like in both cases that was. To benefit the writing but it never really became uh an interesting part of their character to explore yeah yeah i mean i feel like with deanna so so out of all of these hybrid characters deanna is the one that i related to the most yeah and i think the reason for that other than the fact that her mom's bonkers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and her mom kind of reminds me of my mom a little bit. We love bit. your mom, though. Um, your mom is we the love best. My mom. I love your mom so much. She is so the much. best. She is so the best. I'm so excited um, but, for her to listen but, to this. <laughs> oh, yes. She's going to listen to this. But I'm, I'm, all I'm saying, Nanai, all I'm saying is that if you could speak to me telepathically, you would probably do it all the time. Just, I'm just putting it out there. Anyway, <laughs> Deanna is written in this way. That, like, yes, I do agree that, like, the fact that she's mixed race wasn't supposed to be, like, a part of her character necessarily. It was just, like, a write-around so they could give her this power. Um, <laughs> Let's go, Betazoids. Let's go. Okay, you can, you can, you can kind of read minds now. That's exactly. how genetics works. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but she, she very much is 
in comparison to a lot of these other hybrid characters, you don't, you can't separate the Betazoid from the human. Right. You know what I mean? Like she is a whole person in a lot of ways. She is, she is like, I was raised on Beta Z. My father is human. I had a very strong relationship with my dad. He died when I was young. I have a very strong relationship with my mom and you're going to meet her a lot of times and you're going to understand why I am the way I am because you're meeting my mom. So there's this like sort of completeness about her character. And with a lot of these other hybrid characters, it's almost like they're their human defaults with an alien thing living in them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're fighting with that alien thing all the time. And that is not how mixed race people are. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not oh, fighting wait, with my Filipino-ness. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? Well, you're, there's nothing about you, uh, about that situation. That's secondary is right. Yes. Which is what I wrote about. Like, it would we can go back to Troy, but like uh, the problem I had, and I think you had Larissa with Balana in Faces, is that and by the end it feels like Torres is a human, and then the Klingon part is secondary, which is not a yeah. really fair way to look at the situation. Right, Josh. Wow. How did you feel about Faces? Can we talk about Faces for a second? Yeah, we need to talk about because Bellana. yeah, we gotta talk about Balana. I've seen mm. Faces a few times, and I watched it specifically for writing the thing, and then I watched it again yesterday. And, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Where do, where do I, where the fuck do I start with this? Um, <laughs> like, uh, okay, so the, the idea that you can separate your races is already just like pretty problematic to begin with like uh including being scientifically problematic <laughs> eugenics is a whole Genetically? thing yeah eugenics is a whole thing yep. and maybe let's not do that and so <laughs> there's that whole yikes part of the episode um that's like the nicest way to say it. Maybe let's not do eugenics. I don't know. Hottest of takes. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm really, I'm really striking at like the the really hard topics right here. The I don't oh know. My God. <laughs> so, listeners, you can't I mean, see you... this. There's just a lot of hands to forehead and faces right now. I'm... Like you know that meme of Picard with yes. his hand on his on his temple that's actually you know we're all doing it right now that's that's actually the whole that's actually the whole episode it's just replaced with picard doing that that would be a much better episode of television (laughs) um yeah like i'm i'm really i'm really stuck like i'm i'm trying to figure out like what the fuck to even say other than yikes like it's just yeah (laughs) like the whole episode just yikes yikes. (laughs) i mean i so here's what i think and i think i think that this whole episode seems like a really intense excuse to do some fun makeup things. Like, <laughs> let's see. You know what? You know what I mean? Like, there are uh, instances in which Star Trek has done a thing where they've written a story around. It would be fun to see all of these characters out of their makeup in different situations. Right. One of those episodes where they did it very well is a little episode called Far Beyond the Stars in DS9. 
um, that actually talks about race and was directed by Avery Brooks. And you get to see everyone without their makeup on. And it's some real shit, right? It's actually a conversation about race yeah. and all the all the 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 multi levels of of racist shit that can happen. But this episode is like there's no reason first of all, if you are a Vidian and you wanna see if if Klingon DNA is gonna hold up to the phage, right? I am not a scientist, but I know a little bit about how, like, microscopes work and how you can, like, in. <laughs> and how you, how you could, like, take a sample and then expose it to the virus to see. Like, I've seen contagion. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't not the example I was I was thinking about. (laughs) But they like expose like in petri dishes, they expose like cells to a virus and then they see what happens. Like you don't need an entire living thing to expose to a virus to see how that thing will so Yes. (laughs) We'll start there. Number one, you don't need a whole ass Klingon to see how Klingon DNA holds up to a fucking virus. Number two, what the fuck with her talking different? Yeah, that really took me off guard as well. I was like, why? Wait, why is she? Yeah, because I mean, we even see like Alexander again. He's just a little boy, you know? No, my my white half... (laughs) speaks in one way and then my black half right speaks right, in an entirely right. other way see yes. that's what th- that's what we mean by code switching is actually mm-hmm. we're yeah, multiple we actually... people inhabiting one meat set. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> this is the most intense version of code switching where you actually separate yourself into two things yeah um also, also on top of that, the white half is the one that's good at science and <laughs> the black half is the one that's good at hitting stuff. Remember that thing I said at the beginning of the episode about how coded, the Klingons are coded and racism? Biggest of <laughs> yikes for this episode specifically because holy shit. Yes, it's not good. It's bad. Also, also the part where Bolana's like opening up to Tom. This is before they were ever together. Where she's opening up to Tom and she's like, "I always used to hide, want to hide, hide my forehead." And she's actually like talking about like real experiences mm-hmm. she had with discrimination when she was a kid. And, mm-hmm. he, and he's like, "I always used to wear a hat because my dad gave me bad haircuts." Yeah, it's like, "Thank you." I was like, "Very nuanced, mom? very nuanced response." Wow, because a haircut. Let me talk about my trauma. Just... But you know. I couldn't get my hair did the right way. So basically, I feel your pain. Oh, my God. And then and then in uh, that other episode um, where she takes all the Klingon DNA out of her unborn child, they have that flashback to her dad almost saying the exact fucking thing to her where he's like, I had to think people used to call me this name because I fell asleep in class or some bullshit like that. I, uh, uh, <laughs> Um, that's not racism, Dad. 
Yeah. So this episode is terrible. Uh, my my thoughts were when comparing Faces to say Bar to the Dead is that Faces seemed like the main driver was a sci-fi premise, which unfortunately mm. meant that there were some problems that were identifying, which is, oh, now she's human and Klingon. And, um, right. And so, yeah. And for instance, the problem I have is, um, I think it's interesting how we start with the Klingon Balana, even though we just identified there's some issues there. And then we're like, oh, oh, there's, there's the human Balana. Interesting. But by the end, it seems like all the struggle and the growth is with her human side. And again, the uh-huh. Klingon is just left to be default Klingon. You know, at the end, you get this really thoughtful monologue from her about how she maybe she needs that half of her to be complete but we never really get that from the Klingon either you know we never like see it the other way where maybe her Klingon side is sort of having the same moment and again like just we've already identified the problems with the Klingons and Romulans and other uh, alien species being uh, kind of boiled down to just one yeah. or two concepts. So again, you're having the problem of of the the Klingon side of her is kind of reduced to just a stereotype. Um, yes, but yeah. So at the end, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. The human is the quote unquote important part or main part, and then the mm-hmm. Klingon half is secondary or less than or an accessory upon the human yes. self. That word, the accessory. Yes. Mm. I feel like that word is perfect for this. That like yeah. because because the Klingon character, the Klingon Balana, isn't Balana. Yeah. Like she doesn't even act as Balana. She might she's yeah. might she might as well just be like a random female Klingon. Yeah, yeah, that has no that has no depth at all. It's like all of all the things that are who Balana is, like being a really fucking good engineer, like how how is that just her human side? Aside from the fact that, like, taking apart someone, like, you can't take, you can't take me apart into a a Filipino person and a white person. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, that's not, like, I can't even, I have in my notes, this is what I wrote. I said, I literally cannot, what is happening, what the fuck, <laughs> um. <laughs> is literally the sentence I wrote. That, But there were, but there were moments where, like, it could have been like when she was like when they were by the fire and she was like, eat because you need to eat. Mm. Like I was like, maybe they're going to actually talk. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe she's going to have a conversation with herself. No. That's actually. Yeah. But no, it's still kind of no, superficial. It didn't, it didn't happen. And and even at the end, she still refers to this part of her as she. It's not I. Uh. She's mm. not. It's all she is. She is this way. I I will be fighting with her for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Not I will have internal struggle with myself. Like this this part of her is not her. Yeah. But but for mixed race people, like that's me. I am me. Like there isn't a little Filipino lady inside me that's like, <laughs> you eat now. Oh God. Go oh God. go to the kitchen and eat something. I do. Like, I that do imagine happen. that is what your stomach sounds like, though. <laughs> Maybe my my little tummy is like, Larissa. It sounds just like my mom. See now, what's really real. funny about that is I actually I, I I think that's a more interesting thing. Like the I'm talking about your own body narrative. 
Here we are. Yes. <laughs> Star Trek. Star Trek, everybody. Um, no, but I like that little voice in your head, though, about that is your mom, not your Filipino. Mm. Part. It's not exactly. It's my mother. It's not my your Filipino it's, it's ancestry, diff- like all of a sudden, like bursting forth and telling you to do a thing. Right? It's like that's not how it right? fucking works. They obviously didn't have anyone with a mixed race background have anything to do with the story. I mean, that seems true um, with everything. Yeah. <laughs> That idea that we, when we're walking around, have that baseline whiteness and then all of the other parts. You you had said uh, the accessory thing. And I think that goes into, like, just the really toxic-ass way that, you know, mixed people tend to be fetishized. Like, mm-hmm. because basically the reason why we're considered more attractive by a lot of people is because we're, because there are white features, basically. Yeah, and like for for those of us who are mixed race white yes, and something yes. else. Well, I mean, and, and uh, it's... oh, I'm sorry, keep going. No, you, no, no, you go. I, I was gonna say, Larissa, we you can edit this out, but I just always think of that commercial offer you got. Oh my god, uh, like I've told you about this, right, Josh? Remind me. <laughs> uh, in the Philippines, uh, there was like a oh the skin whitening uh, thing. Yeah, the yeah, skin whitening thing. I know thing. the story. Yeah, fuck all of that. Fuck all of Burn it right? down. Burn it down. <laughs> right? Burn that shit. Burn that whole industry to the ground, first of all. Yeah, fuck. But it was like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, like, my dad's white, and you want me to advertise that, like, I have lighter skin because I'm using your pro. Like, it was just so fucked up. Yeah. That, that kind of othering is still dangerous. So that's, and that's absolutely yeah. done here it's done in star trek for sure yeah like like you're exotic like the fact that yes you're Ugh, exotic. that word that word that word i know i know that's why i said it that way because it's it's not good it, it's, it's it's gross it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh yeah i can if i had a dollar for every time i was called exotic oh, in my no. life i wouldn't be so afraid of losing my unemployment at the end of the month oh my god <laughs> 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 Dark. Uh, I mean, I, I see that in uh, in the fact that all of these um, mixed all we haven't even talked about this. All of these mixed race characters, with the exception of Roxanne Dawson, are all played by white women. Mm-hmm. Roxanne Dawson is Latinx. <sighs> it's <laughs> so like they all have naturally white features mm-hmm. already. Susie Plaxton is white. She has white features in her face she's also fucking tall as fuck p.s did you guys notice that but Uh, i mean um, i'm here for it (laughs) she's you know she's she's got white features yeah well i saw that uh who's the one that's half romulan she has a b name too uh by yeah like the actress who plays her i definitely noticed is a white actress a very yeah you know dainty features and it's like oh (laughs) Mm, maybe oh, some yikes yeah. <laughs> yikes but yeah so so i feel like this is this is an interesting transition into just the the whole idea of the human as the default mm. and the alien as this extra mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. yeah um that that you have to deal with because for the most part all of these characters with the exception of just a couple of them are 
all assimilating into human culture, all yeah. assimilating into Starfleet culture, um, like with the exception of uh, Bael and Sila and Torazial. Yeah. They're all told they have to choose mm-hmm. a side, and they're all tr- I, they're all for the most part trying to assimilate to being to to uh, being a part of human culture as opposed to being a part of their alien culture. Um, something that you had mentioned, like this, it's, I, I feel like this comes into how different our experiences mixed race people are, because in some ways, I actually do feel some affinity to some of these struggles that you're talking about as being like the blanket things. And that, mm. you know, it's taken me, not it's, I'm, I'm here now, but like, you know, it, it's a lot of my youth was society trying to dehumanize and other my blackness and basically make me be more scare quotes white um to fit in and whatever and you know i i spent a lot of work in my early 20s trying to undo a lot of that bullshit um yeah like and and like because of because of that it's a constant it is constant work to uphold my blackness and not put parts of myself that have been conditioned to be put down so in some ways like maybe not in the way that alienness is represented in star trek because once again that whole monolith thing is just like it makes it really hard to relate to anything because it's like we're all we're all individual people we're all different so like maybe we should show that but there are aspects of it that i would actually disagree with that that because yes, we are whole people, but I've had a lot of conflict with my my racialness. I am in that like like that ambiguous ground where people know what the fuck I am. Like when you meet me in person, it's like, uh uh-huh. could be anything. Could could be any race. And ninety ninety percent of the time people are just dead wrong. But like mm-hmm. Ooh, let me guess. Ooh, let me guess, though. Can I guess? <laughs> let me guess. Okay, but what about... Oh, my God. Right? But what are you? <laughs> but what are you, though? Uh, yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, but I, you know, going to that point, though, you know, I, I do... It does resonate to me with, you know, seeing a lot of these characters trying to find their roots and struggling between what they're being told they should be and what they should not be. Like, that is, while executed very poorly most of the time, <laughs> there is a glimmer of thing in that that I'm like, yeah, no, I feel you. Like, I, I feel yes. I feel that. Um, so, yeah. This is really cool because um, I, this is exactly why I wanted to ask you to, to talk with us about yeah. this because I know from, from my experience with other friends of mixed race, that yes, indeed, we are all different people and our experiences with mm-hmm. our mixed race identity are all different. And the way we've been treated because of our identities are is different. Right. Like in, in order to prepare to, to write this piece for Women at Warp, I talked to a lot of friends of mine who were mixed race. Yeah. I, t- I, and, and we had conversations about our experiences that we had never had before Mm. because like i mean a lot of us growing up like you you just either you didn't know many other people 
who had biracial or mixed race identity, but you also just like weren't really, I mean, I personally wasn't really encouraged to talk about it with other people outside of my family. So I, I mean, talking to my, my best friend from childhood, who's half Japanese, her dad is white American Mm. and talking to her about her experiences. She, she grew up uh, in Seattle until she was in seventh grade and then moved to um, my hometown in upstate New York. And her experiences there were so (laughs) different from mine I mean, Seattle for a half Asian kid, like is rough. Yeah. Um, and then talking to uh other friends of mine who like I've known since I was a kid, but we'd never discussed this. And then hearing like sh- like shit about like like I have a I have a good friend who's also half black, half white, mm-hmm. and he was like, I only get pulled over in the summertime. <laughs> that that speaks to me. <laughs> I was like, that, th- oh that, that melanin my life is God. No, it's fun. Like I, that is something that I experienced like seasonal, seasonal selective racism. It's, yes. uh, it's super fun. I love it. Um, but, but that my experience uh, being mixed race growing up was, was different than yours for sure. in a lot of ways, because I was, I realized after like when I started growing up that I was being fetishized all the time mm, and what yeah. that means mm-hmm. and, and sort of coming to grips with the fact that like getting, getting this attention from being othered and being fetishized, I was absorbing it as if it was positive attention, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, and realizing what that meant for my own behavior and what that meant for my own self and like what that did to me and my my psyche what mm-hmm. that did to my self-esteem what that did to like me personally and again i see that in deanna i see deanna getting fetishized a lot on the show yeah for her for her betazoidness yeah and i relate i keep relating to deanna so yeah. hard None like all sense. the time the other thing for me is that like just exploring the fact that like here we are two mixed race people on this uh, talking about star trek here and both of us have completely different experiences sure. growing up mixed race and existing as mixed race in the world. Like, I don't see that spectrum here represented. We, you know what I mean? We don't see that. And like, there we don't are, ever see it. There are glimmers <laughs> in of, any media. Like, there are glimmers of it in Star Trek. Like they, they get so close so many times in so many of the different series, but they, I have yet to experience them actually like I think like your conversation about like Deanna is probably the closest thing to that. And even that, like, you know, I it's funny that you said that because I'm like, I don't super relate to Deanna. Like, cause I also like I just always read it as like the Betazoid thing was just like a how do we mind read? Oh, I know. <laughs> we have species um, that mind read. <laughs> even though that is absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, I like reading it that way, like, cause I I didn't get that I was like, of course, this human character's treated like a person, because like also it's like one of the few alien species in Star Trek in which there are no distinguishable features between them and humans besides the mind reading stuff. <laughs> and the black, it's the black irises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their. That's the old, and like, I mean, have you met someone with like really dark brown eyes? Like the whole thing. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> 
right, right. Um, yeah. Ooh, ooh, there is that one moment though. Did you watch uh, the emissary? Uh, where yes. where Deanna and Kalar have that like like literally like fifteen second yes. conversation about being mixed race. <laughs> Representation. <laughs> well, uh, if I may, it's kind of a kind of side thing, but going back to your comments about fetishization, one of the things that I've also wondered because you guys were saying about different experiences and everyone's experience is unique, especially depending where you grow up or. In the cases like being female or male, you know, those are different layers on top of it. Or a non-binary. Yes. Well, and that was one of the things I was thinking about too, is that especially, you know, being an 80s, 90s kid, I feel like when it came to mass market media, like a Star Trek or anything that you would see on, you know, a safe hour on a, a network, like a family-friendly network, like when, when writers were starting to get into kind of lgbtq characters it always seemed like they thought it was safer to go with two women and like we see that in star trek too oh, for sure where it's like well we're gonna have jazdia and this woman or we're gonna have like ezri and kira and you know then we we <laughs> larissa you and i have talked about how like they never went through of garrick but it was like right it, they never fucking went there with garrick come on but it almost kind of feels that way too with the mixed race characters like when you talk about zeal kalar balana and i realized there were other reasons to make them female in the series yeah. but it always seemed like those characters had the most maybe the most inner conflict i mean i know kalar is only there in two episodes but like She's she's a diplomat. And does anybody notice yeah. when they were watching Emissary that her solution is like, they're Klingons, just kill them. And Worf is like, uh, I think there might be multiple solutions. And she's like, no, you no, can't no. reason and, with And Picard them. is like, absolutely and I, and I'm not. Like, we are not doing that. It seems like maybe for a diplomat, you should be a little bit more right? <laughs> understanding. I don't know. It was just. Well, they're just, going, they're just going with the good old British approach. Right. Yeah, just blow them up. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the British approaches blow them up. <laughs> but it seems oh. like those characters sometimes, not all of them, but the ones that were sometimes rejecting that alien presence in them just always happened yes. to be more female. And it was yeah. like, yes. we're, we're yes. gonna, we're gonna, I mean, you had Alexander a little bit, but he was such a young child. Like I felt yeah. like they, they thought that made sense. And he only Worf. appears on DS9 like briefly. I mean, yeah, to be honest, like, episode. I mean, what what do we have? Three, three hybrid characters that are male and the rest of them are female. Mm-hmm. So we've got Spock, we've got Alexander, and we've got Simon Tarsus. And then everyone else is a girl. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you pointed this out, Lauren, because this also relates back to the fact that the the original tragic mulatto literary trope is they're they're usually women. Hmm, okay, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a uh, cuz they were that that just like makes them worse off. <laughs> you know? Like it makes them even more oppressed. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it means it means that you can villainize their sexuality. Mm. It means you can critique their appearance and the way that they dress and the way they present themselves uh all of all of these things are are now fair game if you look at the wikipedia page for that literary trope they list 
Star Trek characters mm. on that page mm. um, as as examples. Yeah. Like they list Balana as an example mm. of this trope. Um, they like they list Kalar as mm. an example of this trope, especially Kalar and Zial because they're they both die. Yeah, and that's that's part of the tragic mulatta trope is that they die. Yeah, <laughs> they die a horrible death. So not all of these characters are picture perfect examples of that trope, but they almost all of them have like pieces of yeah. it. You know, like like the inner internal conflict, like the never being able to get ahead, like the the feeling of not belonging, all of those things, which in some respects a lot of us feel. Like sure. I I regularly feel like I don't belong. I regularly feel alone, but I don't want to watch a fictionalized version of what somebody thinks I am and then watch that person die, you know, like <laughs> every fucking time. Like, <laughs> why? I don't, I don't, like, under, I, don't... Like, uh, I just don't, I just don't really, I don't know why I feel that way. It's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> Hey, listener, this is Lauren from the future saying thanks for listening to part one. We'll have part two coming at you soon. Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show on Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. Walt thinks that all the Star Trek theme songs are about him, P.S., because I'm always like, baby Walt, he's a little baby Walter. He's baby Walt. He's baby Walt. He's Walt. I mean, well, everything, everything's about Walter, so that's true.